This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, December 13th, and this is Season 6, Episode 16 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Tommy. What's up? And Jeff. Hello. So we got kind of a smaller cast today, but we have a smaller amount to talk about with uh, the matches all postponed, which we're going to have to get into, and, and, and that's probably the best place to start this conversation. So last week when we were... Uh, on the podcast, we knew that there was a COVID outbreak. We didn't know which players were affected, but I don't think we knew the impact. We knew that there would be availability issues. At that point, we still thought that we were going to be playing our Conference League match against Wren with a, a weakened squad. Um, but um, but later, I think by the next day, it was pretty much confirmed that they weren't going to be able to field the team. Um, and I think finally now we have some clarity on how bad the COVID situation was, though we don't know which players were impacted. Ulster Gold, yes, uh, earlier today posted uh, that the Premier League has confirmed that between Monday, December 6th and Sunday, December 12th, 3,805 players and club staff were tested for COVID-19. Of these, there were 42 new positive cases at that point in time. Um, So the outbreak clearly had gotten worse and that's what led to some of these decisions uh to uh to postpone matches first off the conference league um and then later brighton and hope which wasn't quite as big of a drama so i think we're going to focus most of our attention on this uh conference league match so um spurs had initially said that we were going to play this match and uh, uh ren flew out that day after checking in that morning and i think more cases popped up and Spurs came out and said that that we can't play this match. But there wasn't a lot of clarity on what the rule was. Like, you didn't have two goalkeepers. You, what, um, what, what consisted of why we couldn't play. Um, and then, then the drama kind of started with Renz. So let's start the conversation there. What were you guys thinking when we were seeing this live happen in uh, – um, it looked it looked postponed, but then Ren was insisting on playing for a while, and UEFA never stepped in to to make a statement during those hours. Uh, Jeff, yeah, well, that was that's exactly what I was going to say. A lot of really good leadership from UEFA on this whole thing, right? I mean, they just kept saying the match is going to happen, the match is going to happen. Then they went dead silent. Then they let Spurs say it's not going to happen. Let Ren fly to London get off the plane, find out it isn't going to happen, write their nasty little, uh, you know, French email to everyone about Tottenham. And um, it wasn't until the next day that UEFA finally said, oh, yeah, you know, the the morning of the match where they said that the game wasn't going to happen. So, as usual, they didn't really step up and take control of the situation. Yeah. Uh, Tommy? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with Jeff. It's just, I feel bad for Ren. I mean, they already topped the group, so it didn't matter to them. But the issue was they had to fly. And, I mean, I'm assuming they played or they played this past weekend. But just, you know, you travel, you don't do anything. That, yeah, you didn't do anything. But just the mental exhaustion of traveling, I know, it was probably like a few hours, at two, three hours at the most. But the actual physical act of doing it and mentally preparing for it, that's got to that's gotta suck for them. Um, I mean, we've there's kind of two – I don't know if you're going to lead into it, Anthony, but there's kind of two sides of the coin from the, of this. Excuse me. Um, so what it is is that we don't play, we forfeit, and we're out. Or we play – We in theory, we could advance – get in the playoff and we could win a trophy. If we, if we actually indeed forfeit, I'm actually okay with it. 
just for the fact that our squad is so lean. The fact that we have to play Ren and if we have to beat, I mean, let's be realistic, whether it be Paco Stifrera, Tess, and Ren earlier, we had to play a full, or we would have, we played some scrubs, whether it be some youth or second string, and it didn't look pretty. So for me, less matches and push for fourth would be more suitable because less games, of course, and any way you slice it right now, start our starting 11, we're going to need that starting 11 to compete any, yeah. in all these competitions. So I'm, if we lost, I would not be mad. Yeah. Well, and to your point, like coming into it, like last week's episode, I, I was on the, um, I, I, I was on the record of saying that I, I want to play this match. I want to advance. I want a chance at a trophy. I, I always want to see Spurs play more games. Uh, but now that the COVID things kind of happened and we weren't able to play that game, this does seem like an easy out <laughs> at this point. Like, oh, well, yeah. you know, it wasn't because we lost. It was because of COVID. Um, we got disqualified. Let's move on and we can focus in the league, which is what uh, what Conte is best at. So, like, there, there's clear benefits to uh, it happening this way, um, even though it probably wasn't what I would have picked at the beginning of last week yeah. to happen. Um, I, I can kind of roll with it now and say, okay, well, n- now's the time. That it's, uh, I, I almost don't want it to, to get played. And I know today they, they came out and there's a chance that UEFA could decide to let us play this match after January 31st, which uh, w- would allow us to get it in. And we already know uh, who we'd be facing if we did win and then advance, and that would be uh, Rapid Vienna. Uh, Jeff? Um, yeah, I mean, I said last week I would like to see us go out um, and concentrate on the league. But has really put themselves in a bad situation here because by the letter of their law, we should forfeit, right? Because we were the team that wasn't able to play. And, you know, the Ren wouldn't reschedule any time we wanted, apparently. But that would set a really bad precedent for the rest of their competitions, you know, with, you know, because the the pandemic's not going away. You know, we were the first ones to run into this, but, you know, it's going to happen more and more. So if UEFA says we have to forfeit because we had an ongoing um, COVID outbreak, um, then they're going to have to stick to that when that happens to other teams. And it just, it's like more incentive for teams not to admit that they have the problem, just rush into playing and, you know, spread the virus even more. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, yeah. Uh, Tommy. And, and I think kind of the, also Jeff with the whole precedent thing, it's okay. Say if a bunch of players got injured, that's one thing, but this is more of like a force majeure thing. Like, did anybody think this Omicron was ever going to happen? I mean, some people, I mean, we all know that, like, with diseases or uh, sicknesses, there's always going to be mutations. But I'm like, was this planned at the time? Of course not. So there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. And, I mean, say if you, for argument's sake, if you did want to advance um, and wanted to go for the cup, I don't know what Conte's thinking. You know, of course, but depending on the situation, I mean, this is one of those. I would consider this the one of the exceptions to the rule. It's not like every. It's like a bunch of players went out on a, you know, a big bender for a Christmas party, and they're all hungover. So this is quite a different situation. Well, in the vilifying of, of Spurs over this. In, in the media was what really uh, got me like what is wrong with the, taking a stance that we have such a bad COVID outbreak that we should not play this match despite that we want to and they, they don't even want this coming up look at the winter ske- fixture schedule like they, they, they didn't want to have to push any games back at this point in time because A we're coming on we're, we're playing well and we're coming on a winning streak so it's it, it would behoove us to continue that, especially against teams that, like that we had to postpone with Brighton. Um, and even if even if they didn't really care about this Ren match, like we didn't want to have to have a fixture at, 
during this congested period where there's really no space. Like we'd be talking about four matches in a week in some cases if we tried to get it in by the 31st. So now with the ruling after that, it's like, well, come on, how long are we going to push this back is also what I'm thinking at this point, despite the fact that I would would initially want to continue in the competition. Tommy? That's kind of the other thing. See if we, I mean, we got so much congestion, like in theory, I mean, I would say in terms of postponing games, you don't really postpone UEFA competition games. Fair enough, because they're the highest tier in terms of the hierarchy. So, in theory, next week they could have postponed the West Ham League Cup match and then moved that, because if I remember correctly, that's a, is that the semifinal or is that the quarterfinal? Uh, quarterfinal, I believe. Okay, so... I don't even remember when the semifinals would happen, but I'm I'm assuming it's going to be in January. So you can ship that over. But the issue is January with the FA Cup potential replays. It's kind of a lose-lose situation. Um, You're damned if you you don't. So the only potential saving grace is that if the rumors are true, um, and we'll get to that, of course, with my halftime segment, is if Conte does get a bunch of a few players in, which therefore can create more depth, which means some of the current starters now might play these lower-level games or the new signings might play the lower-level games. But, and, I mean, also with the uh, Burnley and Brighton, like, those are two teams that we could easily beat. But, like I said, the congestion. So, I mean, in theory, we could be fourth right now, but depending on how how many matches we play during January and February, it could get ugly. Jeff, what did you have to say? Well, I was going to say, I mean, just in addition to the matches that we have postponed right now, um, you know, right now we've got the two, Burnley and Brighton, but now United, their their match against Brentford has been postponed. So, um, we're going to start running into other teams that are also postponing that will, you know, just like the snow in Burnley forced us to postpone. We have COVID cases at other Premier League clubs that are going to force us to postpone. So, you know, we it, you can't tell from here how many, you know, how bad this fixture congestion is going to get because games are going to start moving all over the place as, you know, as the winter goes on. Yeah, and, that, and that's really... Uh, my biggest fear, like we could just be the tip of the spear here and and there could be lots of other Premier League teams that are going to have similar types of outbreaks and we don't know how much of this is related to Omicron being more resistant to vaccinations. We don't even know how how many uh, players and people that were infected through the team were vaccinated and and obviously that's medical information. We shouldn't know that but, um, but it's it's certainly possible with the winter season that that, um, that yeah yeah this just hit us first, but it's going to hit everybody eventually, and does the whole league get get impacted eventually? And I was talking about this the other day. My biggest fear is that they that they screw Spurs somehow with the rulemaking here UEFA, and then uh, afterwards, after so many teams all across Europe have similar impacts, that they change the the rule after us, because that would be a very uh, Spurs thing to happen to us. <laughs> like, where we get fucked, and then everybody else gets to benefit from us getting fucked, because they realize the rule sucks. Um, uh, Tommy? That's that's the other thing. It's kind of a trickle-down effect. So, say, if, like, the bigger teams, whether it be Juventus, um, Liverpool, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, I don't know, what, whoever. Like, UEFA's not going to want them to have to bow out. They want to keep those big names in, so they kind of have to make a stand. So, for example, if any of those heavy hitters do come down with an outbreak, in their best interest and everybody else's best interest, so to speak, would be to push these games back by a week or two, therefore moving the finals back a week or two. But the issue with that, especially for us, and well, and I would say most of the, or I would say the top five leagues in Europe is the World Cup in the the winter, because that's going to create more strain and wear and tear without recovery. 
So that's because of that. That's that's definitely another unforeseen circumstance that everybody would have to think about. Because, like, say, yeah, players will get a month break, but they're going to have to come back earlier because the season will start, I think, a week earlier or two. But then, like Harry Kane, for example, or Son, they're going to be in the World Cup. They're going to have less rest, and they're already being overworked in general. So, it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, what rule UEFA calls into play or how they interpret uh, what happened um, and whether they take any type of action against Spurs or uh, or even Wren, who knows what's really truly happened behind the scene. Like, uh, were they just being belligerent about not wanting to reschedule with us? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they make their decision. Um, but I, I do think it has ramifications for what we might see in the future, uh, as as you kind of pointed out, Tommy. Uh, any final thoughts kind of on this uh, um, COVID topic uh, in relationship to Ren? Uh, no? Okay, well, um, so we also had a second match that had also been postponed, and that was Brighton and Hove we were supposed to play. They had a ton of injuries, which... Um, it pr- probably benefits both teams. Like we couldn't field the full team because of COVID. They couldn't fe- field a, a great team because of, or their best team because of uh, uh, injuries. Um, so maybe it's in the best interest for this to be p- postponed. But when when these matches get replayed, we are we already had one postponement this year. So where are we going to fit all these in? Is probably I think more. Um, at least the FA was playing ball and saying, okay, yeah, we need to postpone this. But um, but where they get fit in is where I think the true problem for us could be. Because even if we do make acquisitions, uh, we're not like a Chelsea or City deep team where we can uh, just rotate and still have uh, superstar power out there to, to play Premier League matches midweek when we've got a, another one coming up um, during the weekend. Um, and we already have to do that during the holiday period. And we're going to be talking, coming into January, we're going to be playing some of these Premier League matches. Um, so any thoughts on kind of that Premier League angle of this uh, COVID situation, uh, Jeff? Yeah, I was just going to say, looking at how the Premier League handled things versus how UEFA did, you know, the Premier League obviously stepped up pretty fast and made the decision. Same thing with United for tomorrow. Um, and evidently, they're ramping up all their emergency protocols, too. So they're going to uh, do more and more testing. Um, but at least it sounds like they're trying to stay ahead of it. But, you know, the question, just like, you know, the, the last season where they had to stop for a while, is, yeah, how long are they going to be able to stay ahead of it? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Tommy, any thoughts on that? I I think the other reason why the UK or England or the Premier League is more stringent is because they're all connected to the FA, which is one way or another connected to the government. Um, so they kind of have to, so to speak, uh, adhere to government guidelines. And also, they're not in the EU anymore. So, in theory, they can kind of make their own mandates if necessary. So, I'm not horribly surprised because, I mean, let's be fair. You can be any player, whether it be Serie A, La Liga, Bundesliga, et cetera, or Premier League. And you're still going out and interacting with a bunch of people at stores, picking up groceries and whatever, or getting takeout. So... I think just the general idea kind of with the start of the pandemic has kind of reduced the potential contact. So might as well nip this in the bud, like kind of like whether it be us or like, or Austria now, I think Australia, Austria is still doing it, but like they had like a lockdown, for example. So, I mean, it sounds terrible. I mean, it is what it is. We, this is one of those things that you can't really control. So Jeff. I was going to say, it could be worse. You could be our hometown Chicago Bulls of the NBA, who oh, only yeah. have two, two active players left. 
Um, everybody else is in the COVID uh, regime and uh, what the next two games are postponed. So, um, you know, uh, it's not just uh, the Premier League getting hit. Uh, it's all over the place. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, uh, any final thoughts before we go to half? I think that's probably a good place to wrap up half. Second half, we do have two matches to potentially preview if we do actually get them in, um, both Leicester and Liverpool. Uh, But first, we have a halftime segment. We're going to Tommy's back page update. Thanks, Anthony. Um, As Anthony noted, my name is Tommy, and this is your back page update. Um, So what we'll do is we'll just go through one story at a time. We'll kind of discuss and then... Once that discussion is done, we'll move to the next story. Um, first one, according to Day Telegraph, uh, Spurs winger Stephen Bergvine is interested in move to Ajax in January. I think the biggest reason we know he's not been really involved in the starting lineup, he kind of was with uh, Jose Mourinho early on last season, but because of injuries and uh, and whatnot, he's not been able to. So I think Ajax... I mean, personally, it'd probably be a good move just to reset his career. I was hoping good things for him because I remember hearing rumors even before the Champions League final. But I think if we sell him, I and the, the thing with Ajax is that they are willing or they're more willing to pay for players um, at, from recent years. So, like, for example, they got Daily Blind back and they paid a, a good amount of money over it. So, depending on how things go, we he could be gone, but we can use that money to buy somebody else. So, we'll yeah, see. and I think I it's mean, a good it's... time for him to go. If I if jump in there, because he just he obviously can't figure out the goal scoring. He's got he's got some talent there, but the, maybe the Premier League was never the right fit for him. So a reset in his career, I think, could certainly be beneficial for him. And clearly, Conte doesn't favor him. I mean, he didn't even have him travel with the the team when we were were going to um uh it must have been mira um like he didn't even get uh to travel with the team for that one so clearly he doesn't favor him to even play that sort of a match so um it's probably time for him to go and let's see what kind of money we can get for him at that point jeff any thoughts yeah just i mean if the rumors are true and our priority is trying to bring in a second striker to play up top with Harry, then depth at the wing isn't really something we have to worry about quite as much. So, you know, in that sort of situation, I'd be fine with Bergwijn going. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Uh, Next up. Uh, Spurs join Man United and Man City in a battle for Chelsea defender Andreas Christensen. So the thing is, yeah, you might say he plays for Chelsea. We don't do business with him. But the issue is he has not signed a new contract as of now. So because of that, he would be available on a free transfer. I would gladly take him because, I mean, in terms of, like, defense, uh, Sanchez, he's doing a little bit better. Eric Dyer, he's made improvements, but I'm still kind of skeptical um, Tenganga, I would like to see him play more, but he's kind of been okay or not so great. And Joe Rowan, he isn't playing. So I'm like, we need reinforcements, unfortunately. So I would not mind having him, but what are I think your you would thoughts? Be a good, I think he would be a good fit for us. Yeah, I mean, we, we clearly need center back power. I think Tanganga needs to go on a loan someplace because he definitely can't do the, the wing back role, which Conte favors uh, with his attack more attacking style um and it doesn't seem like there's a place for him in the center back uh choices especially when ramiro comes back so uh, i i would rather get somebody that that's like a a sure starter and we can relegate some of these guys to either sale or or uh, sale loan or bench because we still will need some bench rotation options um so I, I'd be all for it or any other talented center back that you could bring in. Sounds good. I think the only sticking point – or Jeff, did you get comment? I was going to say, yeah, I, I like Christensen. I like that rumor better than the Rudiger one. I, 
I'd rather they have Christensen. Uh, I was going to say, I love Rudiger. I, I would gladly take him. Yeah, because he's the other name that keeps floating about, right? But, um, yeah, I don't. I can't remember Christensen ever like really doing anything bad to us, where the fans would hold it against him. But, um, uh, the thing about Tanganga going out on loan that scares me a little bit because he is such a useful, um, you know, Swiss Army knife kind of player. We can put him at either wing back, maybe not as great, especially offensively, um, and we could play him at center back. If we if we let Tanganga go out on loan, then we're stuck with Doherty. And that guy just every time he takes a pitch, he frightens me. So, um, I mean, maybe we can move bad. him along. He didn't do too bad against Norwich, though. I know it's a small sample size, it, but it's no think, But I think, but the fact that Conte's made a lot of improvements with the same squad compared to what uh, Nuno did, I think that says a lot. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, next topic is. Um, Spurs are planning to uh, have talks with Captain Hugo Lloris over a new long-term deal. Um, he's currently nine years, so as of right now, he's entering the final six months. So, in theory, say if no contract is signed by January 1st, he can talk to any club he wants to. Um, and I think the other big issue is that oh, I can't even think of his name. Um, go, Galini? Yeah, Galini. Yeah, he hasn't set the world or the team on fire either. So all he's been promising, it just hasn't looked good. So, I I mean, if Galini's not the one, then Hugo still got He's, what, 34 years old? You know, and the shelf life for a prime goalkeeper, so it could be mid-late 30s easily. So if... If Hugo wants to stay, why not? But well, and I I don't know if Conte has some other <laughs> keeper in mind that he wants, but I I think at this point we we have to consider keeping Hugo a, a, as an option. And Hugo's been our captain for a long time now. And as much as I I've been wanting us to prepare for his replacement down the the road, um, it doesn't seem like that option is going to easily come. And we we have a lot of other problems to fix too. If you can convince him to stay and and maybe say like, look, we got Conte, we're making some serious purchases right now. Um, re up your contract with us. We want you to win silverware with Spurs. Um, you deserve it after all the time you've given us to to get a trophy with us. Um, and there's not many other options for like. Yes, I, I think he indicated he might want to finish his career in France, but is he? He, you know, he's not going to go to PSG at this point. They, they're loaded with keepers. Um, well, where's... John Aruba is not doing so well, though. Apparently, yeah. and Nava, I think Kaylor Navas, he's the starting goalkeeper. Like he's, he's like my age, and he's still put, or he's still getting the starting nod. Might be a Pochettino thing. Who knows? Yeah, I guess it's a possibility, um, but. I think if we can convince him to stay, we're better off with him staying and start working on his replacement after we fix some of the other positions. We need a second striker. We need some serious midfield, uh, attacking midfield reinforcements. And we need some center, center back. And we need some backup wing backs when they're all said and done, or at least on one side, at least on the right. So, um, there's too much other stuff to worry about. If you can convince him to stick around, I would say keep him around, uh, Jeff. And he's, oh, sorry, I'll be quick. He's been also been the co- most consistent player in the past two years of this shit show. So, I mean, if he wants to stay, also pay him because he's been shown to be worth it. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. No, I, was, I just agree with Book. I would much rather keep him around and give us more time to identify um, an eventual replacement. Because, I mean, yeah, we, we all know it's not Galini. Um, in the limited time that he's shown, he hasn't shown that he really should get more time. Um, and I, there was a rumor going around about Pickford, because Everton has money problems. I don't, that would be kind of a... It, it would be nice to have a homegrown keeper that would help with our homegrown numbers in the squad, but I Pickford still feels like a step down. Um, 
So, yeah, I would rather see Lurie's hang around another two or three years. He's still playing at a high level. Um, I, there haven't been a lot of credible names come forward that would be a good replacement. At this yeah. point. And he's still doing very well for France. And from yeah. what I've seen that he, I mean, he could retire at the end of the World Cup, but he still looks good, very active. I think his reflexes are still there. So, yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts before our last question or last news bit? Last okay. News okay. So this actually ties into our question from uh, Sai. He was on last week, a uh, good friend of the, a, the podcast and frequent uh, patron of the Atlantic for games. Um, he said the Delhi rumors are out there again, are out there again. What's a consensus? Is it time for Delhi to move on and further his career at a new club? Reminder, he only costs $5 million. So I got this from the Evening Standard. Um, it said January. the headline is January loan transfer after failing to impress new boss Antonio Conte. Personally, I think we should – I would gladly loan him, of course. My only issue is the English quota. But if he were to go on loan or be sold, I think ideally Newcastle might be the best option because, A – He's going to want a pay raise. Newcastle can do it. B, they will probably be the highest bidder thus far, especially with the way he's been playing. So he, he's not going to, like, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, et cetera. But um, take it away. What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, I can go first. Uh, you know, I think we're we're at the point where we have to part ways with Delhi. I mean, he's had a chance under multiple coaches now. Um, and he, other than a few brief glimpses, like since Pochettino left, and even that last six months with Pochettino, he just hasn't looked like he's there. He had a lot of injuries that led up to this, but it looks like his heart's not even in the game anymore at this point. And I don't know if that's uh, um, he just doesn't care the way he once did. He doesn't have the same passion, or the the team isn't bringing in the same passion like uh, when they were. They really had some charisma together and like there was a real locker room. But I don't know that we're getting that back. And it's, uh, I don't think we can keep waiting anymore on that deli that we used to have, no matter how much we all have a soft spot for, for him as a person. So I think it's going to be better for him to move on and, and find a place where he can play regularly again. And it'll be better for us to have that spot open with the caveat that I think we need to fill that spot with uh, something else that we need and per, uh, preferably another English player p- because of that quota purpose yeah. that you're talking about, Tommy. And and especially shipping him out, whether it be on loan or uh, an actual permanent transfer, it would, especially it would be timely with Conte just because he he's the, he's the guy you hire to win now. He's not the guy kind of like Pochettino where you have a little bit of a project you can kind of Room players build them up and then eventually go to win something. So, Jeff, do you have something? Yeah, <clears throat> we could say you know Levy and sunk costs and that understanding selling high again, right? So over the past couple of years, Spurs and Delhi have jointly destroyed his transfer value. So we can't possibly get back to what we what we want to get back to. You know, invest in Conte sales um, and. Uh, so, and it sounds like even over the summer, Pochettino tried to get him for another loan and Levy turned it down. So now we're at the point we pretty much have to loan him out and hope he pulls a Lingard. We rebuild some of his value, even though United then held on to Lingard instead of selling him. Um, but if we can rebuild some of Delhi's value and sell him in the summer, that would be great. Yeah, I definitely think it's time for him to go, unfortunately. It's sad because we, yeah, we all remember the great things he did. But even while Pochettino was still here, he was starting to trend down. And Pochettino complained in his book about him that it was harder for him to manage him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that has just been a long downward spiral. And, you know, maybe he can come alive somewhere else. But uh, good luck to him. Yeah. Well, and Lundgaard is the good uh, example there uh, that, that you make, Jeff, that, like, he, he he went elsewhere and really came to into his own again, 
and and came back. Maybe Delhi could do that, and I don't know that it would lead to us keeping him, but it might lead to us loaning him out now because there's not really a market to to sell him in the winter window. Um, but if he gets his value back, then maybe he, there there is that value to sell him in the summer, and we can get a little bit more. Hey, we only paid five mil, as Sai also pointed out in his his uh, a later tweet after the question. Yeah. So and I think we're well, regardless of, I mean, even if we paid five million for him, regardless of it, we're going to make a profit, um, even with inflation. So I'm thinking twenty five million is not outside of the realm of possibility, just because a he's got an English name. He's got the homegrown quota. Um, I don't. I mean, the other thing though is like, in terms of change of scenery, World Cup's coming up in the next winter. So, in theory, if he's lights out, he could reclaim his spot. You never know. It, it, it's it's possible. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, Jeff. Say, I was just gonna say it's hard for him too because his position is kind of getting phased out, right? He's like the number ten, who's like sort of a second striker who, you know, makes runs in and, you know, we're not, you know, we're not playing that. Nobody's really playing a number 10 anymore. So his options, uh, you know, at one point I thought maybe he could be the backup striker to Harry, you know, and bring him in some time, but apparently not one of our managers has thought he could do that because nobody's tried it. So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his future is. Well, and, and then dropping him into the midfield clearly didn't work and, uh, that never seemed like a great idea to begin with. Uh, I know he started out with us that way. That was a big mistake, I think, to begin with. Um, uh, that that wasn't his position when he came to us. It was just we were fi- trying to find space for him on the pitch. Well, that, the guys we had. He, he did play at central midfield with MK Dons. So that's I think that's why Pochettino started him up there. But because we had Dembele, we had Dyer slash Wanyama, we're like, this guy's too talented. Let's see what he can do playing up forward. And thankfully for him and all parties involved, it worked out him playing as an attacking midfielder. It's just, I think kind of what you guys said, he just needs, aside from change of scenery, kind of needs to reinvent himself as well. So if he's willing to put that work in, whether it be a deep line midfielder, a true attacking midfielder or whatever, maybe a support striker like Vandervaart was for us. I mean, if, you want, if, he can, if he's willing to do that and salvage his career, I mean, that'd be great, but who knows? Yeah. Well, good good conversation all around there. I'll let you finish up your, uh, your call out. Oh. oh, actually, that was all I had. So, as I always say, I'm Tommy, and that's your back page update. Well, thanks so much, Tommy. No yeah, good conversation there. Uh, on a late week where we don't have any m- matches played to talk about, it was nice to have some uh, some good transfer topics that are very pertinent right now to talk about. So that was good good conversation. Uh, but we have two matches to preview this week. Uh, this first one coming up this Thursday, uh, Lesser uh, uh, away. Now, um, the it looks like uh, this match is going to be played. It has not been pe- postponed, but the the news just did come out today that we may Spurs may only have thirteen players to field. So it, it's very questionable of who's available um, to play this match against the lesser side. That's that's kind of struggling right now, but um, but clearly we're we're not going to be at our top fitness. Um, and we lost the momentum of our win streak that we were coming into this with. Uh, but currently they sit in eighth place in the league, 22 points, six wins, four draws, six losses. Uh, they did uh, win this weekend uh, at home to Newcastle, 4-1, very good performance. Prior to that, a loss, a, a loss, a draw, and a win. Um, top goal scorer is, of course, Jamie Vardy with nine, and Thielmans is behind him with five. Top assists is Madison and Daka with three. Thielmans is our top-rated player. Uh, last five times we faced them have been back and forth. Uh, most recently a win in, in May uh, of 2021. A loss, a win, a loss, a win going backwards to February 2019. So that's my abbreviated uh, setup for this match. What do you guys think on this, Lester? Uh, where are we at with the squad that we may or may not be able to field? 
Uh, Tommy? Yeah, unfortunately, there's an unknown, and I'm assuming there's got to be like a British equivalent of FERPA, so we don't know who's who's got uh, who's got the uh, virus or not. But if it's 13 player, if it's 13 senior players, that's we're gonna have to bring in. Oh, I can't think of his name. Dylan, whatever his name, Dylan or McCarty or whatever. Oh, Dylan American Day. Yeah, so like we're gonna have to bring him in. Um, I can't think of the other guy, the other striker that we always bring in. Dane Scarlett. Yeah, Dane Scarlett. Like we're gonna have to bring him in. uh, A bunch of other players. So, I mean, rules are rules, unfortunately. So if we have thirteen players, a it's gonna be. It's going to be lean. Um, it's going to be very makeshift, depending on who's there. Um, and I think the biggest issue is, and I've said it all the time, and Jeff, you know me, whenever I'm at the bar, I'm like, where, where are the fucking subs? So I, because, depending on who are the 13 senior players, this could get ugly. Just because, I mean, let's be fair, Conte has made some adjustments but a lot of these players have not adjusted under Nuno, so hopefully with the right coaching and fire lit up their asses, depending on how it goes, we can eke out at least a point. Uh, uh, are we actually playing at Leicester, or are we playing in at home? It's a way. I... Okay, so that's going to even be bigger or even tougher, um, playing, going to Leicester in the Midlands. So... I mean, I'll make my prediction later, but I mean, I'll predict a tie, but I mean, because that's best case solution, probably. I And as far as I know, Lester doesn't have any, nobody in the protocol or whatever, right? Not, not that I'm aware of. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I thought they, they had a couple and then they had a couple guys injured, but I don't know where they stand today. Well, even on paper, I'm a, it's safe to assume they have a a better squad than what we have, because I mean... It's all conjecture and rumors, but, like, people said, like, it might be Son and Davis. I heard, read last week. So, like, if it's Son, like, it's like it's going to be more slim pickings, you know, because, you know, Brian Heal or Delhi has to come on. They've been untested or been rusty as of late, you know. I'm, but also, but I guess that's the other silver lining. A lot of these players that have been playing, for example, if, if Brian Heal is – not sick, and he starts, this could be his time to shine, and maybe they'll actually take, depending on how it goes, they might take advantage of the situation. Well, and Brodin, maybe, if he's... Yeah, d- yeah, dep- yeah, depending on the player, so... And there's always a silver line to it, of course. It's just... Um, because of how lean the squad is, and the ty- and there's not been a lot of rotation under Conte either, so it's gonna be... it's it, it's like playing a pickup game for these players. These players, like, yeah, they play with each other during in training, but it's like you're not putting it into actual execute. You're not using an actual in execution when it matters. So maybe we'll get lucky. Well, and Jeff, before the we started recording, we were talking about the yeah. We're not even sure about the youth players that are going to be available because they they have a huge mass outbreak of COVID in the youth squad, don't they? Right, and we didn't even. It's the same as with the seniors. We don't know which players are out. Just that they closed U twenty three facilities and sent them home too. So, it, it, yeah, it's really hard to to figure out what to think about the Leicester game as it goes forward, since we have no idea who we can field. It sounds like Leicester would be missing a couple people, but nowhere near the dire straits that we are in. Yeah, and I think that's the big, big picture. Like, if they they might not be in their best form either, but um, but didn't they just rest Jamie Vardy this past week, and they still beat Newcastle handily? Um, So, like, if Jamie Vardy is available, like uh, I could see him. Tearing us up if uh, if we don't have like our our forward uh, attack attackers to counter, um, and and if our defense is weakened, like let's say Eric Dyer's on the list of people not available, like he might be our best. Uh, I hate to say it, our best center back option right now. <laughs> as sad as that is, uh, Jeff, you wanted to jump in quick. Well, it could, like 
we don't even know that there's enough players in each position. So just imagine like Sanchez is our only defender and we have to throw somebody out there with them, you know, who isn't even oh, a, yeah. a defender, you know? So That's yeah. the other thing. I remember this was like, what, five, seven years ago at least, like one of my favorite players of the past 10 years, Sandro, like he had to play as center back or uh, I think if Joe listens, um, British accent, Joe, um, if he listens, he'll remember, uh, I think it was Blackburn. They had no strikers, so they put their captain, uh, a central defender, Christopher Samba, playing as uh, a striker. And, he's actually, and he actually scored a few goals. So, like, to, like, if we have, like, an overload of, like, whether it be midfielders or defenders, it's really going to be putting pieces together, and hopefully they can take instruction and execute. So... This yeah. is where Ndombele is going to turn it around, right? As a central defender. Yeah. <laughs> or, or imagine if he played a, as a striker, like, because you know, it, like, but that's the other thing, like, depending, like, how you're saying with Dyer, it's like, oh, we're, like, I'm not saying I've turned the corner with him yet. He's got to be more consistent, but he's had a good streak. So, like, if he's down with the virus, like, that would be a devastating blow based on the defense. Um, and, I, I don't know. It's just you. This is just such a crapshoot, unfortunately. Whether it be predicting our scores and goal sc- scores and goal or the score, or even just picking the starting eleven, because like, and like I said, I mean, with it, what is? Oh, it's HIPAA. Not FERPA. FERPA's financial aid. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when you said FERPA before, I'm like, what's FERPA? Maybe that's the English version of HIPAA, which is... No, uh, FERPA's like it, financial aid stuff. Um, <laughs> if anybody's curious, I do financial aid stuff at a school, so that's why it was on the tip of my tongue. No, HIPAA. So it's like, you know, confidentiality for medical records and stuff. So, um, yeah, like, so we're, like, so games at one we we're not going to know until 1230 once we see the start at 11. And everybody's going to be like, oh, I guess this player is out. This player is out. And because, you know, it's less. Oh, I think I already forget. But where is Lester in the table? Oh, right they did eighth place. So they're right so behind us. I mean, realistically speaking, what, we're seventh, even though we could be in fourth. I mean, they're going to be up for it as well, just because they could leapfrog us in the table. Those six points against Burnley and Brighton, they're, they're not freebies. Because of this, I mean, Burnley's fighting for uh, to get out of relegation, and Brighton's because I mean they're injured, so they need every point possible too. So I don't know. Yeah, well, nope. I mean, regardless oh, of, the, of it, it will probably be entertaining somehow, whether it be very depressing, entertaining, or fun bad, like the Bulls were years ago, or yeah. or the Bears right now, fun bad. It'll be fun to see the subs too. I mean, what if they like bring yeah. Galini on to be a winger or something? <laughs> I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll be like that, but that would be funny. Well, um, I think this is a good place to go to predictions, which is going to be really tough, and we're in a, at a disadvantage from everybody who's not on the podcast who can predict after they see the lineup. But uh, but I'm going to ask everybody to give their score prediction and their goal scorers. Uh, so uh, let's start with Tommy first. You know, I said. I'm going to predict a tie, but I'm probably going to predict a loss just because that is it's in terms of probability. That's probably what's going to be like, for example, if we had son and Harry Kane, but there's 13 or 16 players out, who's going to feed them the ball. Harry Kane's not going to go all the time back in midfield and then eventually hoof it to son and where we'll get, I don't probably realize we're probably not going to get a goal from that. Um, there's going to be a hole somewhere, and or even if Harry Kane comes back to the midfield, for argument's sake, midfield can get exposed, which can lead to a goal. And we know how much Jamie Vardy loves a counterattack goal. So I'm going to predict. It sounds terrible. I'm just going to predict a zero-two loss. Ugh. Yeah, I, I could see it happening, but ugh. I, uh, that's t- the other thing. People might say, "Oh, Tom, you're so." depressing when it comes to it i'm like maybe but i'm when i do when i try to do predictions i try to be as realistic as possible so i mean i'm not like rick and i love rick rick's a great friend but i'm like 
he always predicts the six nil win and he kind of takes the piss out of it. But, you know, like other people's like, I can't predict Spurs to lose. But I'm like, eh. yeah, that's why we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Well, it's definitely feasible with, with everything that's going on. Uh, Jeff, what's your prediction? You know, I'm going to believe in the power of Conte for this one, and I'm going to say we draw 2-2. Uh, I have nothing to base it on since I have no idea who's going to play it, but, um, you know, that feels right. If, if, I mean, if he can get us out of this situation with a draw, um, you know, that's some excellent management right there. Okay. Who scored? Yeah, who are your goal scorers? Sorry? Who are your goal scorers? I don't know. I don't don't know who's going to play. I mean, it seems like Harry's healthy, so I'll say he's one. Um, Rumors have been that Sun isn't. So, um, uh, you know, maybe maybe Lucas will have two games with goals. I'll say him for my other one. Fair enough. Uh, See, there were rumors early on that Son and Lucas were on the list of people who had gotten it, but I don't know how accurate that was because obviously you can't share that information, but something leaked out. So I'm going to go with that both of those guys aren't available. I'm going to actually be an optimist here and say this is a 2-1 victory. Somehow Conte pulls it out. He surprises us. Maybe the players available are a little bit stronger than we thought they think they're going to be. Um, and it's more the depth that, that's a problem here. Um, but I'm going to say uh, we get one goal from Harry Kane, who I do think is going to be available. He uh, he seems to, um, despite his mouth breathing, uh, not, not <laughs> taking in the virus that way. Um, and then uh, I'm going to give the other one to Adele Alley, who's forced to play because of uh, s- some of the players that aren't available, like Son and um, Lucas. Um so my prediction will be like Delhi comes out. We're showcasing him for potential moves this uh, this January. So Myers uh, gave up his loan fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's he... actually another. Sorry, I had another thought though. The other thing about these predictions, this is probably the wildest or biggest crapshoot we'd have to deal with, just because Spurs social media usually posts pictures of practice, so they're probably like, "Oh, you're all working from home," or like, like important personnel only, whether it be like coaches, groundskeepers, or somebody to open up the building, for example. So like, even with that, we don't even know who's training. So whether it be Kane, Ali, or Mora, I mean, like if they stand, if they score, or even make the lineup, I'll be kind of, I'll be uh, mildly impressed with that. So... They, they kept it on the You know Harry Winks is out there, still. Yeah. Oh, and the other... <laughs> Well, the other thing I read that is they've had practice, but it's literally practice only. So, like, after that, it's like you just leave and go home. So, like, you can't even hang around, do, like, recovery, like, sit in the ice bath or the hot tub or, I don't know, get a massage or work on a hamstring or whatever. So, it's like literally you just train and go home. So, who knows? Yeah, and they've kept under the their belt who's in training. I do do know that there was supposed to be, I think, today a double session. Like Conte was actually doing a double. Oh, I did read session. that as well. Um, so um, hopefully that means that whoever is going to be playing is going to uh, at least be getting closer to full fitness, um, despite the lost time of training. But we'll see how that goes. But it it doesn't get any easier after this Leicester match. And this weekend, we have to talk about a, a big one. So this this weekend, we do take on Liverpool at home. Uh, that's this Sunday, uh, December 19th. And that's uh, 10.30 here in Chicago. And they're, of course, sitting in second place in the league with 37 points. 11 wins, 4 draws, 1 loss. Um, they did win this weekend to Villa, and they've won their pri- previously four matches. So they're on a five-win streak here. Um, they do put, take on Newcastle prior to us, so they don't really have to worry about that one too much. And they ha- take on Leicester after us in the Cup on the following Wednesday. Um, obviously, Salah, Salah 
Mo Salah is their top goal scorer with 14. Jada has eight behind him, and Mane has seven. So they have a lot of people that can do damage to us. Uh, Salah is the top assist guy, and uh, Alex uh, Arnold is uh, has seven behind him. And Salah is, of course, the top-rated player. Last five times we faced these guys, they have beat us every single time. <laughs> um, so we have not done well against them in a very long time, even at home. Um, so this is, doesn't bode well for us, uh, even if we do get a few more players back for this match. So where are you guys at on this Liverpool match? Uh, let's, uh, let's start with Jeff. Um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go positive on this one just because, I mean, we still don't know um, how many of our players will be back for Liverpool, but if if we're kind of in a shamble, um, it could be a game that Liverpool overlooks us, right? It could be a trap for them. Um, so I'm going to tentatively say I, I think uh, we could win this one at home, especially after, you know, the heartbreak this time last year when, uh, you know, they, they knocked us out of first and sent us on our death spiral back down the table. It would be nice to return the favor. Yeah, that would be a nice thought, uh, but uh, I'm not overly optimistic about that. Tommy? See, that's a thing, Jeff. I would like to believe that as well. The issue is, I don't I don't know the actual procedure of it, but squad listings are released an hour before the match starts. So the only way, it's, it's not like you're in class and be like, hey, Antonio, who's not playing today? Because we... We want to give our players a rest and act accordingly. He's going to have to base it off of who plays and who doesn't on Thursday. And the other thing is whoever doesn't play, I mean, I can't give out numbers because we don't know, but like what happens if half of them are, you know, they pass the protocol and they can play. So, you know, that would in theory, make 18 senior players or whatever, you know? So even right now, I'm still not optimistic because it's Liverpool. I I feel like Liverpool's kind of been under the radar, at least for me. They quietly been sitting in second place. Maybe it's just because of the podcast and whoever I've been talking to. Like, everybody's been pay- paying attention to Ronaldo with uh, Man United, Man City, just because, I, you know, they're, they're top league. Chelsea... They got the heavy heavy hitters, so and West Ham, like they, they kind of been surprising everyone by getting to fourth. So I, I mean, Liverpool could easily take us for granted. I just don't see it, just because. I mean, say if we have say no, like we have thirteen senior players, you know, there's no cohesion. Liverpool are gonna destroy us, even at home. I would, I would assume, like, even if it's, like, a 1-0 or 2-0 win, they're going to dominate possession, they're going to dominate shots, all that good stuff. So, I don't know. I just – and the fact that it's a Liverpool, they're a very – I mean, hate them all you want. I don't like them either, but they're a very disciplined team as well. They know what they're doing. They know – every player on that field, for the most part, knows where the position of, like, their strike partner or mid or their midfield pairing or center back pairing or whatever. So if we win, which I will not predict, it will probably take some act of God or as Jeff said, like they're going to take us for granted. Cause I, I just don't see us having that beginner's luck for this ragtag of players put together. Just somehow, it it just somehow magically works. I just don't see it happening. Well, and I also want to jump in with like, I, I think that uh, a, a lot is dependent upon how uh, serious Conte is going to take the league cup. Like, uh, cause we have that Carabao cup match um, the week after this, uh, this Liverpool match as well. And we're playing West Ham who we already need some revenge against for what happened earlier this season. They're playing very well, um, but Conte moving on in a trophy competition uh, really could build something 
build the team behind something. And this Liverpool match is almost unwinnable given our current circumstances. So for him to to maybe put more of the emphasis on that League Cup match coming coming up after, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that either and, and just write this Liverpool match off as we probably were going to lose regardless anyway. Um, and yeah, they have to worry about Leicester that week as well. They're still in that competition, but um, but they certainly have a lot more depth to be able to to handle both the competitions than us. And let's let's just face it, they're playing really well right now. Um, you know, very cohesive so, unit as well. Yes, Mo Salah is like a, a, almost unstoppable. I mean, he's just the goal machine right now. Um, and they're making the case, you know, that, that, you know, he's one of the best players in the world. And he certainly is. And uh, we have to recognize that, like, and Kane's not playing like one of the best players in the world anymore, even though I think he certainly was, uh, even as recent as last season. But um, unless something, some light switch turns in Kane and he carries us uh, across the finish line against this team, and that would be a magnificent day out, but... I I don't see us like uh, closing the trap on on Liverpool, um, the the despite the circumstances because I think we're in a worse trap ourselves. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this Liverpool before we uh, go to predictions? Okay, well let's do predictions. Uh, let's start with Jeff first this time. <clears throat> well, since I'm the one who thought there could be an unlikely surprise trap win. I would think that in that case, it would be to be a shocker. It would we would probably win something like three one. Again, it's hard to it's hard to say who our scores would be since we don't know who's going to be back. But I'll go Kane. Let's assume Sun gets back for that and and Dombo. Okay, I I would love that day out if it happened, Uh, Tommy. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't. With with the evidence that I'm seeing right now to make my, to hypo, hypothesize with an educated guess of a win, I just can't do it. I, I mean, let's be fair, Liverpool—they're a better team than Leicester. So, and it's at home, which is nice, but we need a good squad, even a very good squad. Like, if we didn't if we didn't have this outbreak, we could eke out a tie, maybe even a win. If we had Romero, I could think, you know, we could get a win, depending if, if everybody was healthy. But just because of the unknowns, I, I can't. So, unfortunately, and this is terrible, but, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to blame Conte if this prediction happens. It's not like the uh, London Derbies that occurred where we got only scored one goal out of those, what, three or four games. But I'm predicting a zero, uh, three, no loss. Three, no loss. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I'll just, sorry, I'll be quick yeah. on this one. All I dare. So Spurs dare to do, I dare you to prove me wrong. Um, if the game happens, um, I'll be a little mad with certain things, but I'll, I'm, I'll be at the bar just to enjoy everything, just to see people and, whether it be, you know, Jeff and Anthony, they're always there. So you're going to see them in person after a little bit of a layoff. Yeah. yeah well, I, I'm with you, Tommy. I can't see any positive result. I was actually going to take your 3-1 prediction, but, like, I'll, t- oh, I'll no, just – Oh, no, no, 3-0. I'm sorry, 3-0. Three, three I was going to take your 3-0 prediction. Um, but I'm going to shift mine, and I'm going to say 3-1. Um but I'm going to have to give my one goal to an own goal. I don't see us actually scoring uh, against this Liverpool team, uh, regardless of the and League Cup coming up after for them. And uh, We have been getting those recently, too. So Yeah. yeah it's so not unfeasible. Is an own goal like the the number three scorer for us, I think? Because it's like Kane, Son, and then own goal. Yeah, I think so. Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Um like over that's over a certain period, like over the last like twelve months or something like that. But yeah, it's it's uh, pretty depressing. Um, but I yeah, I just I just don't see how like I don't see our route to victory even 
even if most of our players were back at this point in time and like able to pass the protocol at that point, um, just their like the ones that had been ill, their level of fitness, they don't think is going to be there to do it. Um, like it, you don't just get COVID, and even if you don't, you're asymptomatic. I don't think you just come in and you're you're breathing a hundred percent. And this is a very cardiovascular sport, and I I think this could impact us uh, worse than we expect, even even as the season goes on, unfortunately. Um, I can only not not hope that it happens to other teams, but I can only hope that like this equalizes with other teams experiencing similar. Um, n- not that I want any specific people to get COVID, but uh, but th- th- I just hope this equalizes at some point the, the potential well, fitness. that's the thing. It doesn't... An autoimmune disease like this, it it doesn't discriminate, so he can literally get anybody. So, yeah, just I don't know. Hopefully, they can recover quickly and hope for the best. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap it up and and move on to uh, next week? Um, we will sometime that either this month or next month be trying to do another in person episode. We were going to do it today, but. Um, it didn't make sense with uh, no matches played, uh, smaller cast. Uh, so we did this one virtual, but we will uh, go back to in-person again soon and, g- and give you that. And I think it's really good for conversation. So we will do that soon. Um, final thoughts? Everybody shaking their head? I'll Just say... Everybody gets well. <laughs> yeah. Or as they say, this too shall pass. <laughs> I like that. Which might actually be a potentially be a good title for the episode but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later we'll workshop it i got some other ideas too but but that about wraps up the episode so thank you so much to jeff and tommy for being on today thanks to tommy for editing and sound charlie for music kevin for social media kimberly for the logo and as always the atlantic barn grill um assuming the match happens against lester they will be open thursday so come on out there and watch it with us uh find our merchandise at big head media Find us now on both Spotify and Stitcher. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.